Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. God is good. I remember, uh, and when I say remember, it's, it's, uh, maybe that's it's just a slight exaggeration. You know, a lot of times people say, oh, I remember when this happened, but I was only like, you know, just a few years old. And everybody laughs because, you know, they're exaggerating. I was only a few years old when Bethlehem started, okay? <laughs> Y'all, when Bethlehem got going, a lot of you know my parents were the founders, and it originally started in 1977. We did we did a number of things back in those years, the early years of Beth Hillel, including monthly meetings uh, initially uh, on, on Saturdays, uh, kind of Havdalah time, which, which led eventually to weekly Friday night Bible studies in a home. We did Friday night Bible studies in a home for many years. We would light the candles and, uh, and we would have a, a, a scripture study, my father, uh, Rabbi E., would lead it, and it was in a couple of different homes. It was in one home, I remember the Henry's, and then it outgrew and went to uh, Rachel's house, and, uh, and, and it just kept growing and kept growing. And, and eventually in 1981, we rented a storefront, and on Buford Highway, uh, all the way down in Buford Highway, and, and we began Friday night Shabbat services. And and, and this was in the early days of the Messianic Jewish movement. And by early days, that's a little bit misleading. The early days of the Messianic movement you may be familiar with. You can read about it in the book of Acts. <laughs> but the modern-day Messianic Jewish movement, right, uh, uh, this was in the early days of it. In fact, when we were going at that time, the closest Messianic congregations to us was... On the south, it would have been Fort Lauderdale, Florida, uh, and that was the only one in Florida. And on the north, the closest one was Washington, D.C. So those were the two closest Messianic congregations to us when we were really going, getting going with our services on a weekly basis. It's a pioneering congregation for sure. The Lord did uh, amazing things. I, the very first service at Bethel Friday night service, back I think it was April of 1981, we had nine people nine people, and uh, we have a picture of it in our archives, and I have so many stories, so many stories to tell. I remember when we built this building, I was, was and is historic. It was the first independently built Messianic congregation, built as a Messianic congregation in the world, uh, and the Lord has done great and mighty things, so many stories. Listen, we were very small. We were small, y'all, but we were tight. We were tight. Uh, there is no question about that. And friends, God would do something 
extraordinary. Matthew chapter 13. Matthew 13, please. Man, did God do something extraordinary through this little, little bitty remnant of people. In Matthew chapter 13, Yeshua was teaching his Talmudim, teaching his disciples on the kingdom of God. And a lot of the verses in Matthew chapter 13 are Yeshua describing what the kingdom of heaven is like. And he used a, a lot of parables and allegories to describe what the kingdom of heaven was like. I want to focus today on a very small one that's not frequently talked about that I want for us to think about today. What Yeshua says in Matthew chapter 13, verse 31. He, being Yeshua, Yeshua presented to them another parable, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. It's the smallest of all seeds. Yet when it's full grown, it's greater than the other herbs. It becomes like a tree, so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. It's very interesting. This is a description of the kingdom of heaven. I want you to just kind of pause for just a minute and think. This is what, in part, the kingdom of heaven is like. A tiny seed. Friends, a mustard seed is itty-bitty, itty-bitty, itty-bitty small. Just teeny-tiny. It's like the head of a pen. Not a writing pen. I'm talking about a stick pen. It's, it's about that size. It's very, very small. It's interesting because Yeshua uses the mustard seed as a visual to describe how faith, that small, can be uber-powerful, right? We know about that. And, and honestly, that's the most common reference people make of when Yeshua talks about mustard seeds. Anytime you bring up mustard seed, and the scriptures, people always commonly refer to, and it's a different passage completely, when Yeshua describes if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you, hey, you can say mountain, you know, and it's a, it's a symbolic thing. Move, then it will be moved into the sea. Okay, we know that, just a tiny, and he uses the mustard seed a few times, uh, and, and, and there's a reason. Uh, it's, you, you see that in Israel. Sometimes in my tours, I'll, I'll, I'll be able to find a, a mustard seed and show, show people how tiny it is. And that's the most common when people say, oh, the mustard seed. People say, yeah, mustard seed faith. And that's valid, and it's true, and it's right. And it's, a, it's an accurate illustration and explanation of faith and how just a little faith can go a long way, no question. But he also refers to the mustard seed here, and it's in a little bit of a different context here. Here he's speaking of how that tiny seed, how that tiny seed grows as, and is an allegory for the kingdom of heaven. This is representative, this teeny, 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 teeny little seed is representative of the kingdom of heaven. You know, you would think that the kingdom of heaven would be allegorized with something huge. But actually, a seed. Let's examine this a little bit. We're going to examine this closer today and contemplate this because I'm going to tell you, this has applications for your lives. I really think that in many ways, if you really think about this and internalize it and really go everywhere that this leads us, it will help us in our daily lives battle depression, 
uh, battle hopelessness, um, uh, battle feelings of uh, unimportance. It'll battle a lot of things that the adversary will try to afflict us with. Okay, there are different types of mustard plants in Israel, but the black mustard plant can actually get up to nine feet tall, which is just an herb, y'all. I mean, these things are just normally kind of like tiny little things that are growing up, but, but certain mustard plants can grow quite large. I've seen mustard plants in Israel, as I mentioned to you before. I've, I've harvested their seeds before. Their seeds are absolutely very, very small, but yet it produces a great crop now. Here you see, this is the point that Yeshua is trying to make when he's talking to the disciples. Why? Well, the disciples were, you know, could, could easily feel insignificant or, or, or feel like, you know, what are we doing relative to the, the grand populace? The overall population, I mean, let's face it. The entire Roman world, which was occupying Israel, that was when, back when Israel truly were, were the occupied territories. Uh, back then, Rome, the mighty Roman Empire, controlled the majority of the known world at the time. But they were pagans. They were all pagans. And the majority of the Jewish people at the time were either traditional Pharisees or Sadducees or perhaps even zealots or Essenes, but the point is, is that they weren't really messianic in this way. And so you have to put yourself in the, in the, sh in the sandals of, of, of these guys as they were going about their way, not understanding, what, 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 what are we doing here? Is there significance to what I'm doing? Yeshua gives them something very strong in talking about what the kingdom of heaven is like, and he says it's like this tiny mustard seed. Friends, some of you are discouraged because of one thing or another. One thing or another. I'm not equal with my peers. I'm not up to what my peers are doing. I look at my peers and I'm not there. I'm not as, I'm not as good as this person. I'm not as talented as that person. Wow, they're really talented. I have no talent. No talent comparatively for sure. Some of you have battled depression. Other questions you ask yourself, I'm old. What difference have I made? Or perhaps, I'm young. What difference can I make? These are questions sometimes that people think about. Beloved, a seed takes time to grow. A seed takes time to grow. Oftentimes, it outlives us. It outlives us. I was reflecting as I was writing this message, right? And, and I thought about Beth Hillel and what Beth Hillel has done over these last few years and all the comfort that Bethel has provided our mishpacha over these last few years, both in person and for those of you watching on the internet, listening on the, on the podcast. So many of you, I can't even tell you, have come to me and said, wow, Bethel has been such a source of great comfort. And, and, and early on, I remember when we first 
uh, closed when the pandemic hit and we were just online. And when we reopened those doors, some people came in this building. They had not been in months. And they literally came and sat at the pew and just started weeping. Just started weeping. More than one. Many, it was a number of different people who came in and just started weeping to be back in this building, to be back in the house of God. Well, what comfort it provided, especially when we experience not having it for a season. The tree here, all the different things that have happened, the salvations that have happened at Beth Hillel, even over the last few years. I think about the fact that my mom did not see it. For those of you who don't know, my mom co-founded Beth Hillel. She, was a, she and my father co-founded it. And man, she had a huge influence and impact in every aspect of this place. But even though she co-founded it, right? She did not see the full impact that's happening even beyond when she went to heaven, which was four years ago. She didn't see even all this. She didn't see all of you right now, right here. Some of you have come to Bethlehem even since she passed. You never knew her. But the seed that she planted, that tiny mustard seed, is growing even now in you. And she didn't even get to see the fullness of it. The tree continues to grow and bear fruit even after she's already in heaven. Friends, she's the one who had the vision to build the community center next door, to be very candid, and my father gives her full credit for it. It wasn't my dad, God bless him. <laughs> you know, it, it was, there, was a, there was a moment where my parents came to a, a, a decision point, a decision tree. Do we rebuild and build a bigger sanctuary and a builder, builder synagogue building, or do we ex build a community center? which we, we can bless and, and serve all of our families and that kind of thing. And, and, and there was the question, and my mom just very strongly said, Robert, I really feel of the Lord, we need to build that community center. There is gonna be some, we're gonna need that place, and we need to serve who the Lord has given us. And, and all credit also to my father, who could have said, well, I'd like a larger sanctuary for all my great messages. He was a great speaker, y'all. You know, he could have said that, but no, he, he said, okay, amen. But the point is, it was, it was Mastati. It was mom who, who had the vision for it, right? And now here we are years later, when you're in, we've been in that building so much. Our Saturday service has been in that building for two years here. High Holy Days we can only fit in that building. Shavuot, Sukkot, all the plays that we've had over the years, the, the Hanukkah, the Purim celebrations, all this kind of stuff over there. What incredible vision. Oftentimes, my friends, we're very short-sighted. We can be very short. We give up too quickly or get depressed at the drop of a hat. We can't do this, friends. There is a bigger picture in mind. If we truly understand the kingdom of heaven, if we truly understand the kingdom of heaven, which oftentimes Yeshua here is explaining and representing it to us as a mustard seed, not even just a seed, but the smallest of all seeds, 
We were Friday nights only here at Bethel for very many years. When we first started Bethel, we were Friday night services only, man. Friday nights were popping. It was great. We just about filled the place on Friday nights. It was, it was just wonderful and a blessing. And we were only Friday nights. We had no Saturday services. And, and, and then uh, my father felt led of the Lord, let's start a Saturday service also. He would speak twice. Uh, he would be the same message. People would come to either one or the other. And so we started Saturday services. I remember this. I think it was around the early 90s we started this. And, and then, so what happened is, is that Friday nights, we had a huge crowd. I mean, a huge crowd. And my dad would speak and stuff, and he'd be basically the only one who came back on Saturday. He'd come back on Saturdays. And who was here? Almost exclusively him and the worship team. <laughs> Bob, you probably remember. You were probably part of, you were part of that Saturday worship team. Bob remembers our keyboardist here today. And, and it wasn't much else. So here, here, was, here was my father, God bless him, your, your emeritus rabbi. And, and here he would come Friday, and the place would be just, just like it was today. It was just hot. Man, the worship was great. People were excited. There, there was a, just a strong spirit. It, again, it was a lot like tonight, honestly. And then he'd come Saturdays, and it'd look, and it'd be like a lot of crickets. It would be Okay, well, there's the worship team when he preaches. That's about, you know, a few, one or two people here and there. And that's how, you know, you got to think about that from a, from a clergy perspective, from a rabbinic perspective. How must that feel? You know, he could have said, you know what, Feh. forget the Saturday thing. You know, it, it, was, it was challenging logistically for all of us, having a second, you know, service leader, second worship team, et cetera. That's when, that's when the worship team, Nagila, did every Friday night, every Friday night, and, and the Saturday worship team did every Saturday. Uh, I'm talking about for 20, 25 years. I mean, I was part of the, the worship team on Friday nights, 20 years. It was every Friday without fail. And by the way, Thursday night practice every week for 20 years didn't fail. Yeah. Well, th those were faithful days, but my dad stayed with it. And what happened? Saturday grew. It was not fast growth. I'm going to tell you something, y'all. It was not fast growth. It wasn't like, well, he stuck with it, and six months later, the place was full. No. Six months later, there were 20 people here. <laughs> 20 people here. Yet, man, you hear his recordings. He preached just as hard. And that guy could preach, man. We're working on a little project so that people can hear some of his messages we have archived. It's a little secret thing I'll let you in on there. We're working on it. But, but the point is, man, he could preach. And, and so he did, and he was faithful. It took many years, many years, but it happened. And then Saturday was just as blessed as Friday, and just as many people as Friday, sometimes more. Well, what, what is that? You know, it's, it's a lot of faithfulness through some very small times. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. See, friends, this is the kingdom of heaven. This is the kingdom of heaven. You have to understand. Wow, this applies to our lives. What happened? Okay, Yeshua came to earth and was but one person. He was but one person, right? But out of this life, 
Out of this one life came the changing of the entire world. The entire world was changed out of this one life. Out of this one seed that, that, that is Yeshua. Out of this one seed outgrew something that changed the entire world. But just like a seed, something had to happen to Yeshua first. He had to die. And within this, we see the pattern of what will happen to all of us, even in our earthly bodies. This is being explained to us by Rabbi Shaul as to what happens to us physically and, and the representation of when we physically die. But there is a symmetry that's going on here relative to what God describes as the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, being that seed where we read before. Okay, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 35. But someone will say, how are the dead raised? Okay, we're talking about people who are buried. Okay, well, how are they raised? And with what kind of body do they come? When somebody's raised, when, when we're raised up into heaven in, in the, the day of the Lord. Verse 36, fool. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. As for what you sow, you're not sowing the body that will be, but a bare seed, maybe of wheat or something else. But God gives it a body just as he planned. And to each of the seeds, a body of its own. Hmm. Wow, that's profoundly deep, y'all. If you have an understanding, if you really get that, it will give you comfort if you've lost a loved one that knew the Lord. It will give you great comfort. What, 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 what's being said here? Our bodies are a seed. Our bodies are a seed, but our bodies are a mortal seed. And the seed, once planted in the ground, comes to life as the new plant. This is how it works. It's, it's being illustrated here so what happens so that we can have an understanding of what happens when we die, physically when we die, so that we have a better understanding of it. So, similarly, Yeshua rose again from the grave as the first fruit of those who will rise again. So it will be with us. So it will be with us because we too will rise again. The seeds bloom into something more than they were before. We were seed, we were sown as a mortal body. When I do a funeral, some, some these mortal bodies are going into the ground. Should the Lord tarry one day, my seed will go into the ground as a mortal body. Right? But, but we read here that one day the seed will produce something else, something different, something special when it's planted, when it's, it comes out, when, it's, when we rise up. It's a different, it is actually an immortal body as is talked about later in there. But do you see it here again? One would think that death is the end. A lot of the world 
atheists, they think that death is the end. Oh my gosh. I don't know how, I don't know how an atheist makes it. That's got to be the most awfully depressing life you could ever lead. Believing that this is it. If this is it, man, wow, that is sad. Y'all, there's, there's got to be something more than this. We all know this. Our purpose is much greater. One would think that death is the end, but friends, death is the beginning. Death is the beginning. <laughs> Similarly, within our lives, that which we plant goes on beyond us. As a side note, that's one of the reasons why we need to mind what we're planting. <laughs> you need to be careful what you're planting because whatever you're planting going to grow. Hello? So you better be planting good stuff, not bad stuff, because we can plant a bad seed as well. We can throw bad seed, weeds. We can throw bad seed in the ground too, and that's going to grow. And you won't reap that. But if we're planting a good seed, we may not see the full fruits of this seed for many, many years. Wait for it. If ever. We may not see the full fruit of it. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't plant. On the contrary, having this true perspective on this should make us want to plant nonstop. Man, we should want to plant nonstop. We should be like farmers <laughs> and, and not just planting in the springtime. Man, I'm looking to plant. I'm looking to plant all the time, but it's in the middle of winter. I don't care. I'm going to plant. You never know. That's hard ground. That's hard frozen ground. Well, you never know I'm going to plant anyway. Because, man, I know what happens when we plant. Because if we understand the full cycle, we will not get depressed even if we don't see things happen right away. Or even at all. Even if we don't see things happen at all, we won't get depressed if we understand the whole cycle of what the kingdom of heaven is like. The seed that Yeshua describes. Friends, it doesn't stay a seed. It doesn't stay that tiny. That's the whole point. Zechariah chapter 4, please. Zechariah chapter 4. Zerubbabel, a descendant of King David. What, what happens? He was tasked with rebuilding the temple. They were taken away in the Babylonian captivity, you know. And a few of them came back early, Ezra and Nehemiah, the, the crew. Zerubbabel, starting to build the, the temple back again, it had been destroyed. Where do you even start with something like this? Listen, Solomon's temple was the grandest structure on the face of the earth. That was the grandest structure. I mean, whatever you think is the grandest structure in the world, and then it being torn down, and then being you've been given a the keys, and said, okay, why don't you uh, rebuild? <laughs> it's awfully intimidating. You think about that for just a minute. Well, what did God say about this? God said something uh, in Zechariah chapter 4 through the prophet Zechariah, 
And I want you to weigh into what it is that God said. Verse 8. Again, the word of Adonai came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. Talking about the temple. His hands will also finish it. Then you will know that Adonai Tzvaot has sent me to you. For who despises the day of small things? These seven, which are the eyes of Adonai that run back and forth throughout the whole earth, will rejoice when they see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. Wow. God here is clearly saying, other translations put it this way, we should not despise the day of small beginnings. This has great application to our life. Denny is back there doing my, my slides. He'll be my witness right before the service. I'm talking about three minutes before the service started today. I was talking to my man Tom back there, and Tom quotes that very scripture to me. Has no idea what I'm preaching on today. He quotes that very scripture to me. Friends, it has to start somewhere. This, this applies to your life as well. It has to start somewhere. Here it was, and it could be really easy for Zerubbabel to go, man, what am I going to do? This is, this is such an overwhelming task. Solomon's temple, people still remembered what Solomon's temple looked like. There were a few people still alive who had seen it. And he was like, oh my gosh, what, what am I going to possibly do? This is overwhelming. Despise not the day of small beginnings, God said. Explicitly. Don't despise the day of small things, of small beginnings. The applications for this are great in our lives. So many different areas. Do you want to lose some weight? There's your Bible verse. You have to start with the first vegetable. <laughs> Despise not the day of small beginnings. Do you want to know the Bible? It starts with the first day of a streak reading his word. Do you want to have a better relationship with your spouse? It starts with holding in that sarcastic response once. Ooh, I want to say that again. I, this is deep, y'all. Despise not the day of small beginnings. Do you want to have a better relationship with your spouse? That one time, that sarcastic thought comes into your head when you're talking. Hold it. Is that really going to make a difference? Come on, it's one time. Mm, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Because maybe you hold it that time. Next time you'll be able to hold it as well. You may fall. Next time they'll hold it. Do you see how this works, friends? This is, this is what it's going to start doing. You want to retire someday. It starts with putting away that first 
That first $50. That, the first few dollars. Don't despise that it's only $50. How, how am I possibly going to retire? It's $50. I'm starting late. Hey, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Get started. Do you want to change the world for the kingdom of God? I'd like to change the world for the kingdom. It starts with one act of kindness. One act of kindness to your friend, your neighbor, your, a loved one, a relative, an in-law, an outlaw. <laughs> that helping your neighbor, perhaps, that encouraging word. An encouraging word. How is that going to change the world? You don't understand the mustard seed. You've got to understand the mustard seed. He says, this is the kingdom of heaven. It's like that mustard seed. You see, my friends, it's not a worldwide ministry. Don't despise small beginnings. Don't think that what you have done is worthless or that you can't make a difference. The old expression, <laughs> anybody know the answer? I'm sure you do. How do you eat an elephant? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> One bite at a time. <laughs> you, there's, there's just no other way to do it. <laughs> you try to eat an elephant all at once, you're you, you, you going to fail. <laughs> the kingdom of heaven is like this tiny, 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 tiny seed. But in time it grows, my friends. In time it grows. Please don't minimize what you do or think it's too small or insignificant. A lot of people feel this way. What difference am I really making? No, you're missing it. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Deuteronomy 7. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> do you, and this is rhetorical, you think about it, do you simply, I'll ask you today, if you're watching online, maybe you're listening to the podcast, you're here, do you love God? I think probably most of you here would answer yes. Do you love God? Do you keep his commandments? Well, you know, not perfectly, but... but I'm asking, do you simply love God, try your best to keep his commandments? You're, you fail sometimes. I get that. I'm not, I'm not discounting that. Nobody here is perfect, I, of course. But it's a pretty simple question for you to answer honestly. I think most of you could probably answer this question, yes, you love God, and, and you're at least trying to keep his commandments, and you're probably keeping most of his commandments, actually. So you love God and are keeping his commandments. Okay, that's probably everybody here. I want you to digest what that alone means. Deuteronomy 7 verse 9. Know therefore that Adonai, your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant kindness for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his mitzvot or commandments. Wow, did you hear what God just said in the Torah? 
the seed that you plant by simply loving God and keeping his mitzvot, his commandments, will grow for a thousand generations. Not so saith Rabbi Kevin. So saith God himself in the Torah. That's what God himself says in the Torah. If you love God, and most of you kind of nodded your head along, or internally you nodded your head online, you were saying, okay, yeah, I love God. I'm keeping most of his commandments, I'm trying. Okay, God says right there, if you love him and keep his commandments, that God keeps his covenant kindness to you for a thousand generations if you love him and keep his commandments. A thousand generations. I, it, it's unfathomable. I mean, are we even a thousand? We're not a thousand generations since the beginning. How does that even work? God is making a really strong statement here. He's blessing people beyond you so far because of your love for him. That's what this tiny mustard seed is producing. You think about this for a minute. That's not for curing cancer. You know, well, if I cured cancer, I'm sure God would bless me and my family. No, uh, it's, this is not for curing cancer, or, or this is not for being a character in the Bible. Well, if I were Daniel or Ezekiel or Nehemiah, David, of course, I mean, perhaps I would be blessed to generations. No, this is not any of those things. This is not for leading a revival or for saving the world. No, friends, this is simply the seed of loving God and keeping his commandments. It's an amazing seed that you are planting. Friends, I'll tell you what else this means, and this is kind of a cool thing to think about, and really I hadn't thought about it before, Judy, before, is that you are reaping from the seeds of your ancestors that you don't even know. That's cool, isn't it? We are reaping from the seeds of our ancestors that we don't even know, don't know existed, don't know their names, don't know one tiny little thing about them. I don't care how much DNA checking you look for. <laughs> we still don't know anything about all these people who are in our lineage, and yet anybody who loved the Lord and kept his commandments, you are blessed because of them. You are blessed, so saith God. Wow. That seed that they planted. Listen, we're going to have a lot of people to thank in heaven. It's going to be, oh, oh, yes, oh, it's nice to meet you. Yeah, I'm your 28th great-grandfather. Oh, really? Yes, I loved God. You can thank me. <laughs> hey, thanks, Gramps. Man, thank you, Saba. I appreciate that. <laughs> thank you, Gramps. I really... <laughs> this is the order in the kingdom of heaven. It's hard for us mortals to have this perspective, you know, isn't it? It's not easy for us to, to get this. Oh, it's so powerful and meaningful and rich. 50 years ago, a pastor showed love to my secular Jewish parents. He didn't preach to them. He didn't push them. He wasn't aggressive with them. He didn't tell them they needed to 
hit them over the head with a Bible and bonk, bonk, and tell them they needed to convert and lose their Jewishness. He just simply showed love to them. That's all he did. But the impression stuck. And you are a part of the mustard seed of that kindness. You never know the impact that you will have. Even just one thing here or there, one act of kindness, something that you say, an encouraging word, you don't know the ripple effect of that. That might be something 50 years down the road as it is here. I can see it, this particular timeline here, not to get to Spider-Man with you. I'm, I'm not going alternate realities, but I, I can see this, this flow and I can see how things 50 years ago whoosh, ripple whoosh, and the, the ripple gets bigger in a wave and, and here we are. Because of, of a thing said here, Manny Brotman, God rest his, his soul. He's with the Lord now. One of, your, if one of your, if not your primary Messianic pioneer, Manny Brotman, spoke into my parents in the late 70s and spoke into them the vision of Messianic Judaism, of modern Messianic Judaism. Boom, here we are. Manny Brotman's influence is within our congregation. I've never really spoken of him. This guy was one of the first Messianic rabbis in the modern movement. He was the first president of the YMJ, the Young Messianic Jewish Alliance, co-founder. Right? He, he had a huge impact on the Messianic Jewish movement. He's gone enough to be with the Lord. But he met with my parents. Man, had a big influence on them. It's part of the reason you're here today. It, this was, this was a, a, a conversation. You have conversations with people all the time. Who knows? what the Lord can do through them. You never know the impact of, that you will have. Some of you, my friends, have been reaching out to others for years, perhaps even loved ones. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't become weary of doing good. You never know. You never know that conversation, that encouraging word, that, that note, that, that, that thing that you share with them that good deed, that showing of love, when it will have an impact. So my friends, as we get ready to close, I say be encouraged. Be encouraged. You know why? You matter. Well, you don't mean me. You don't, I'm, I'm nothing. I'm, I'm really, I'm nothing. Lie from the devil. You matter. What you do matters. You make a difference. You may not see it in its fullness now, but you matter. What if you're a kid? Yes, you can make a difference. What if you're really old? <laughs> Same. You matter. What if you're single? For sure, man, you make a difference. It doesn't matter, you see, what stage of life you're in. Consider that each action you take is a kind of seed. I want to say that again. 
Consider that each action you take is a kind of seed. Each action that you take or things that you might say. The seeds may be tiny, 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 tiny little seeds. That doesn't matter. Purpose to make the seeds good ones. Ones that will grow the kingdom of heaven. Because in the, at the end of the day, that's what we're tasked to grow. The title of my message is Seed of Heaven. Let's bow our heads. Ooh, boy, I'm encouraged. <laughs> Lord, I want to thank you for this service. It's been wonderful. Wow, really remarkable. I want to ask if there's anybody here today who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart. If that's you and you've never committed your life to God, how about today? Wow, make a difference. Make a difference. If that's you and you've never committed your life to God, want to receive Yeshua into your heart, and you'd like to do that, lift your hand, we'll pray together. Is that you? Be honest. If that's you, you've never said that prayer, but you want to today, you want to say yes. I want to start planting these seeds. What I, what I do to matter eternally. Let's all stand for just a moment, please. And I, I want to I want to pray for, I want to ask you a question, but I don't want you to raise your hand because I don't want to, it's not about that. I don't want to draw attention to it. But I want you to think in your heart if there ever has been a time where you have felt discouraged, unimportant, not significant, undervalued, I'm intentionally not looking up, undervalued, um, like what you do is sometimes worthless or, or unimportant. Uh, or, or that you, you don't make any difference. If that's you, and if you've ever experienced that in one form or another, I want to pray for you. I want to pray these, these words of encouragement to you. Because, friends, don't listen to the lies of the adversary as to your insignificance. God thinks you're very important. Avina Shabbat Shemayim, Father in heaven, I pray for each person who's here. There's a lot of people here and the people who are watching or listening. Lord God, that you touch anybody who has felt maybe discouraged, maybe even depressed, maybe aimless, maybe feeling inadequate, worthless, not important, insignificant. Like they're on a treadmill. What's the point? God, I pray, Lord, that you endue within each person here the understanding of the parable of the seed representing the kingdom of heaven. About how just this itty bitty seed, Lord, can bloom into something great, and we just don't know what seed it's going to be. So we have to be constant seed planters, Lord. Encourage them, Lord, not to despise the days of small things. 
not to despise the day of small things. What difference does it make saying one encouraging word, holding back one sarcastic thought? It matters. Don't despise the day of small things. It's just a tiny little seed, but it can change the world. We're, we're beneficiaries of generations that we don't even know who loved you, Lord. Thank you for them. Thank you for them, God. People I don't even know. Thank you, Lord, for these faithful ones. Bless our generations to come, Lord, should Messiah Terry. I thank you for this, God. This is an encouraging word. It's an encouraging word to me, Lord, to know that we have significance, not because of us, but because of you through us. And this is all really talking about the kingdom of heaven, that eternal place anyway. Thank you, God, for this. Wow. I'm excited about what you're doing. I'm excited about what you're doing here. This, in some ways, is, is kind of like a follow-up in part two to last week's message in a very different way. But Lord, I'm really excited to see what you're going to be doing as you continue to grow out of the small seeds. Thank you, Lord, for all these things. God, B'Shem Yeshua, in the name of our Messiah, Yeshua, we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah, or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethhalel.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L.org. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and shalom. Nine, 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 nine.